perfect. So today I've got Jake Duncan of Stewarding Life Wellness, uh, based out of Keller, Texas. Uh, so we're going to get into some things today about what he does and what he specializes in. But Jake, I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself and, and uh, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jason. Um, so my name is Jake Duncan. I'm a PA, trained as a PA, Western Medicine Minded PA. Um, but I practice functional medicine now. And so my journey to functional medicine from a very um, conventional medicine mindset um, kind of happened accidentally, I guess you could say. Um, my, my goal was to be at the ER, um, go to PA school, get to the ER where I could kind of help people in their hardest, scariest moments. Um, and through that journey, you know, kind of getting through PA school, having a few red flags at that time of like, uh, I'm not sure that I'm fully on board with this, um, this single minded approach. Um, but then in, and then I went into urgent care and then I was kind of like, again, another, another red flag kind of came up as I realized how much, um, overuse of medication happens in the, the conventional, um, model. And I, I got very, um, uh, convicted in, I guess, one sense that I, I, I didn't, I was trying to talk people out. People would come in expecting a medication and I'm trying to talk them out of a medication. It was just a really weird environment of like, you know, they wanted something that's not what I wanted to give them. I wanted to maybe give them something else or say, Hey, you don't need this yet. Maybe, maybe if things get 10 times worse, maybe it's time for this. But, and so that, that kind of, again, kind of was a red flag for me that this isn't maybe where I want to spend my life focusing on I enjoy the patient interactions I enjoy you know the acute care stuff I enjoy sewing people up and draining abscesses and kind of the gross stuff that you know that it was enjoyable to me but I didn't really like it when 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 I was just kind of a medicine dispenser and not that medications are bad I just I didn't see them being the the most um, safe beneficial you know risk benefit um, ratio in a good in a good place um, first interaction in, in a lot of these situations and so um, then again another kind of accidental or providential thing that happened was my wife um, kind of was was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease I think we found it in some lab work and, and I just really was at a loss of what to do because it was an autoimmune disease that's super common Hashimoto's thyroiditis but yet the model that I was trained under was you don't do anything different um, even though this is an autoimmune process you still just treat the thyroid if it's low and if it's not low, you don't do anything. You just wait until it gets bad enough. And I just, I didn't feel right about that. Something inside of me said, well, there's gotta be something we can do. And so it took us down this journey of, you know, research and nutrition. And so we started really digging down deep into nutrition. My wife ended up, you know, getting trained in functional nutrition because it was so life changing. Just what a few dietary tweaks did to our health. All, all, all of us, I was doing it for her, but, my skin got better. My digestion felt better. And so we were like, Oh my goodness, why wasn't I trained in this? You know, yeah. it, it, it brought a lot of frustration about um, how little, how narrow focused um, Western medicine is, is training practitioners, PAs, MDs, DOs get a little bit broader focus. Nurse practitioners get a little bit broader focus, but it's still pharmaceutical based. And so um, not a lot of emphasis on, lifestyle medicine and so when we started to see a little piece of this and what what a few tweaks in our lifestyle could do we were kind of blown away and and that kind of led me down this journey of is there another way I can practice medicine and 
can do the, and teach more lifestyle medicine and not always jump straight to a medication. And then I didn't even know about, you know, I didn't know about herbalism. I didn't know about traditional Chinese medicine. I didn't know about homeopathy. I didn't know about anything else at that point. That was all, you know, kind of, that was all told to me that that was snake oil. So in my, in my, in my training, I was trained out of that, you know, that there's, you know, supplements, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's maybe a vitamin here and there, but like, but overall it was, there's one way and it's, it's a medication. And so, um, functional medicine kind of just happened after we found the functional nutrition, we found that there was functional medicine training as well. And so when I saw that, I just, and then it was just a matter of time of like, okay, where, how am I going to get this training? How am I going to afford to get this training? Yeah. How am I going to make the time to do it? And, and what's that going to look like in the future? Like, where am I going to practice this as a PA? And so again, that just kind of took us down this journey of, of getting the training. I got trained under Dan Kalish, who's a functional medicine practitioner in California. Um, I loved his approach. Um, he kind of boils down functional medicine, tries to make it a little bit simpler um, and not overwhelming where you're going to test everything in the world, you know, because functional medicine can get very, um, you're digging so deep into someone's health that some of the testing can just get overwhelming and you can easily spend $5,000 on tests. Um, and, and, and that's just, again, the most, most people aren't in a place just to, to drop down $5,000. $5, so we kind of found a way to boil that down to a few different tests that are kind of the primary test to look at um, dysfunction in the body and deficiencies and overgrowth in the gut. And so um, we can get, keep the, keep the cost down too. So um, yeah, that's kind of the journey was, was kind of accidental providential little things that happened and red flags that kind of came up that there's gotta be another way or at least a more holistic way. And I still prescribe medications. I'm not anti-medicine, um, but I am, I am what's best for the patient. So if a medicine's the first best step, great. Um, if it's not, and it's usually not, it's usually the, you know, it'll be third or fourth step if we even needed that. But if it is the first step, I'm not against it. Um, I'm more for, let's see how lifestyle modifications can, can affect first, maybe some supplementation. Um, and then, it, and then of course, if we need to, or if somebody's really far along in this and we're really need to be a, be a little bit more aggressive with it, then there's a time and a place for, for a medication. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people that go into the functional medicine realm, and I think probably the majority of people end up in it, you know, by accident somehow. You know, you know maybe they got into whatever field they're in, PA, MD, DO, nutrition, whatever, and it, it just didn't look what they had envisioned themselves doing, right? Uh, so it's interesting to hear that. Uh, so a lot of people may not necessarily know what functional medicine is, so how if you had to describe what functional medicine is, how would you describe that? Yeah, good question. And I would have been in the same boat. I, I, didn't, know fun, I didn't know functional medicine existed. So when I went into BA school, there was no, I had no thought of that. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't, you know, again, that kind of just accidentally happened. And then when I found it, it just, it made so much intuitive sense to me that it was like, oh yeah, this is whatever you want to call, whatever this is called, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, but the term functional medicine, you know, is, 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 meant to kind of try to explain it in a, in a word, which is looking for dysfunction in the body. So you're looking at um, the body is meant to function a certain way. When a symptom pops up, it's a sign of dysfunction. It's a sign of something going on. And so instead of just medicating that symptom or, or you know, whack-a-mole, trying to knock it down with a medication, it's asking the question, well, where's this coming from? And, and can, we, can we dig deeper into this? And so instead of the basic labs that kind of do um, some surface testing that usually, and a lot of people, even with chronic illness, will look normal um, I mean, for years and years and decades. Um, we do, we kind of we pull deeper. We look at nutrient testing. 
Um, we always look at the gut because in functional medicine, um, gut health is just always a conversation. Even if there's no digestive symptoms and someone's like, why are we talking about my poop when I, everything's normal? Uh, or why are we testing that? Because I test every single patient's digestive tract with a stool test. And, and sometimes you can see the question mark in their mind is like, why are we doing a stool test? Like, and so then it's kind of that conversation is, well, everything a lot of times can go back to the gut, you know, whether it's an immune system issue, nutrient deficiencies, if, that's a, if there's a nutrient deficiency, either you're not getting enough in or you're not absorbing it. So it's one of those two things. And if somebody's eating a pretty good diet and they're still nutrient deficient in a bunch of things, then, then it's something in the gut. You know, it's an, it's, a, it's an overgrowth of something that's competing for your nutrients. Um, or the pancreas isn't making good digestive enzymes. Um, and so there could be just multiple things that layer in. And then when the gut gets dysfunctional, then you see this ripple effect throughout the body where a lot of, a lot of weird things could happen. So we always look at the gut and nutrients, and, and that's kind of the, uh, the baseline of what we do. But it's looking for dysfunction. And usually we can find a lot of different areas on the first kind of round of tests and not have to repeat a ton of those things. Usually we can kind of find enough to address as long as the person is seeing improvements, steady improvements, um, we don't always have to repeat those tests over and over and over again. It's just maybe one deep dive, mm-hmm. see the few different areas that are really causing some problems in that person, address them um, head on. And there's a couple times where I need to repeat labs. Like if somebody's got a nasty infection in their gut, like, I don't know, Giardia or Cryptosporidium or C. diff, like I have to repeat those to make sure that they're gone um, after we treat them. But a lot of things that if it's just a kind of an imbalance in the microbiome or some fungal overgrowth, you don't always have to repeat the test. If the person's symptoms are going away, so their rash or their itchy skin or their brain fog, if it's going away, you, you can safely assume at that point that the body's healing itself. And that's the goal is to minimally jump in, um, give kind of a therapeutic push um, in the areas that need it but banking on the reality this is kind of the, this is kind of the crux of what separates I think Western medicine's mindset and functional medicine is that functional medicine is banking everything on the reality that the body is designed to heal itself and if, it, if that wasn't the case then yeah I mean we just got to do a bunch of medicines and try to try to treat all the symptoms but if the body is designed to heal itself which I believe it is um, then we look for areas of dysfunction, we support that, and then we, and then we watch the body heal itself. And so we give the body time at that, at that point. And so it's not always nutrients, it's not always gut issues. I mean, sometimes um, it's trauma, sometimes it's emotional things, sometimes it's a lack of rest. I mean, sometimes it's something that's really, really simple, yet really, really difficult to change, you know, because, we, because of the culture we live in. And, uh, and so those are things we have to sometimes dig into over and over again. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a theme in my own life that I'm working through of like slow down um, because the body heals when it's resting. Um, and the body, the body when, the, when we're overdoing it and we're going too fast, the body breaks down. It's the whole, you know, realm of, and this whole idea of like, you know, why do we lift weights? Because you break down things, but then you have to give the body time to heal so it can build back up and get stronger. But if we're constantly going, and we're rarely given the body and the mind time to rest, the body can't heal. So a lot of people, a lot of people, including myself, have been in this, um, get stuck in that catabolic or breakdown fight or flight because we're just life. You know, the pace of life is just too fast. And so that's a conversation that happens every day in this office. I want to take you deeper into some of the things you mentioned, um, you know, some of the other things that you're seeing that affect health. You mentioned, uh, you know, trauma, 
sometimes it's emotional, you know, because you know, in my world, I, I usually am seeing people with pain and, and a lot of times chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's so many factors that can affect chronic pain, including some of the things that you mentioned. So, so what kinds of things are you seeing come in that, you know, maybe they've been elsewhere, they've tried this treatment, maybe they've tried this and it just hasn't solved it. What kinds of things are you seeing play into people's health issues that, that just haven't been addressed? Yeah. Well, I, that's a really good question. And I would say that probably 90% of my patients will get better with pretty generic, for lack of better words, generic functional medicine, which is just get the gut healthier, um, get the diet healthier, get the lifestyle a little bit healthier. And a lot of times you just see people start to heal. Their bodies just needed a little bit of a, you know, they need to get over that hill and then their body starts to heal on its own. Um, but there is a good percentage of people, probably 10, maybe even more than 10%, 10 to 20% maybe, that the standard approach just doesn't work. They're just stuck. You know, their, their body's stuck. It's, and they may be like, they may be in your world as well of like just in a lot of pain, their, their body is like locked up. Um, and a lot of times what I see behind that, sometimes there's some weird things like, you know, and this isn't that rare, but pretty rare, but mycotoxin illness where they're exposed to molds um, and they're genetically incredibly sensitive to it. So the rest of their family's fine. They think they're going crazy because they feel terrible, but it's mold and it's a small little water damaged area under their sink or behind their shower or whatever. And they're, they're, they're getting sicker, 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 psychological issues, weight gain, hormonal imbalances, and it just makes them sicker. And they, they they think they're going crazy and they probably get told that from the doctor, like, Hey, here's an antidepressant, you know? Um, and, and that's usually the case. With a lot of people, but, if it's not mold, if it's not some sort of weird exposure, they didn't drink something that made them sick, you know, it's not something that we can kind of find. Um, and it's not EMF. So some people are also incredibly toxic, you know, or sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies, which, you know, before I jumped into that world, I didn't even think about EMFs, like, um, which is just, you know, the world we live in. So even sitting in this office, Wi-Fi, 5G, everything that's plugged in around me, is bombarding me with some people call dirty, dirt, dirty electricity or electro smog. Um, yeah. and all of those things, you know, they, they cause sometimes slow, sometimes fast dysfunction in the body. And so somebody could be standing next to a, you know, a Wi-Fi router and they can't stand up straight because they're, they're, they're feeling vertigo and they don't know what, what's happening, but it's because they're standing right next to this huge, you know, output of something that their bodies just like can't deal with and then maybe maybe it's vertigo maybe it's dizziness maybe it's fatigue maybe it's brain fog maybe it's palpitations that's what happens to me when i'm next to something that's high emf i'll get palpitations um and again we just typically if we don't think about it being something like exposure wise we always just think it's something else you know we will blame it on something else or we'll kind of just write it off or you know go about our day until it goes away and um but if it's not those things you know so the the hardest patient by far is the one that's had significant trauma. Um, and when there's trauma, not just not physical, I mean, it can be physical, but usually emotional. Um, and, and especially if there's a sexual component, if there was some sort of sexual trauma as a kid or not even as a kid at any time in their life, um, you know, the PTSD that happens in the brain where the body gets stuck into this, you know, cycle of, I'm still in that moment. I'm still, and of course the sexual component brings in shame because then somebody who didn't do anything wrong, now the rest of their life has shame. They feel like it's something they did that caused this. And so you have this very vicious cycle and the body, the body, and I mean the book, the body keeps the score. It, it literally keeps the score and it literally 
will be in that catabolic breakdown, tighten, fight or flight or freeze. You know, it's, it's going to be stuck in that. And a lot of times they'll feel it in their bodies in some different way. They'll feel like that. And a lot of people will say it. I, I feel like I'm stuck in fight or flight. Um, and so getting, if, if you don't uproot that trauma, like, if, you know, and, and this is a mindset I had to kind of get myself to, um, from a, from a Christian perspective, a biblical perspective, I kind of had this false view of, you know, things are in the past, move forward, you know, like you just kind of, you put your mind on things that are ahead, you know, and I, and I really downplayed this idea that these past transgressions or sins that have been done against us, especially if it was done by somebody else or if it's our own, you know, I mean, we all make our own bad decisions at times too, but if it's something we did or somebody else did us, um, the body holds on to that. And if it's never been processed, if it's never been brought to the surface, because most of us stuff things down, um, we're too busy to deal with it. We don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to grieve. We're in a culture that doesn't know how to grieve. We're in a culture that doesn't emphasize grieving. Um, so if there's a loss, a big loss or an emotional trauma, using the, the, usually the advice we get from those around us is, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, got to move forward. You know, you just keep going. And, and unless you have someone who's very trained or just well thought out in this area and they can actually sit with you in that really difficult space and help you work through that trauma, our bodies will show it at some point. So that's when, when everything else isn't working, usually it's something that's stored deep in the body and it has to be brought out at some point. Yeah, that's good. And I think you and I had talked before about it, but there's, there's so much more now research actually showing that, right? That emotional trauma, especially emotional childhood traumas and uh, how that affects chronic conditions later on. Uh, so, so let me ask you this, as far as, as student uh, life wellness, what, what kind of services do you guys offer? Um, you know, we can get into some of the stuff you and I have talked about, some of the things that Lily, your wife does, um, mm -hmm. address some of that. So what kind of services does stewarding life offer and, and what kinds of things are you hoping to be able to offer in the future? Yeah, good question. So the typical process when a patient comes in is I look at what's already been done and see kind of where they, what they've been, what they tried, you know, what, what labs have been done, what med medications or supplements have been tried. And I kind of see where they are and get a baseline. And then I, I send them home with a bunch of lab tests to complete. Some of them they can do at home. The stool test is obviously one they do by themselves. Right, right. Um, some of them need the help of a phlebotomist. So we have a phlebotomist that can usually, they can use either go to the phlebotomist or the phlebotomist um, will go to their house nice. um, and draw them, um, which is a, which is nice to have that option, um, especially for kids. Kids getting drawn at their house is a game changer yeah. versus like taking them to a draw station or having them drawn at their pediatrician. That's always really hard. Yeah. Um, and so once they complete those tests, we, it takes about two or three weeks to get the results back. They come back and we look at everything together. So it's this, you know, length, lengthy. Uh, I mean, some of these lab tests are 15, 20 pages. And so we're looking at a lot of information. And I've already gone through it and kind of boiled it down to kind of the highlights. Um, but it's still a lot of information to kind of go through and a follow-up. So our follow-ups are using an hour. And we're going through all the, what this means, what it doesn't mean, and then giving them a kind of a next step. And so, again, sometimes when, when the labs aren't terrible, there's not a huge amount of things to address there, which there's usually a few things at least. Um, but if, there's, if, if, if it just keeps coming back to my mind that this needs to, the main focus needs to be emotional health, 
sometimes we'll spend a lot of the time talking about what that looks like and what the next step may be for them. And maybe they already have somebody in their life that can kind of help them work through some emotional things, or maybe they need a therapist, or maybe they need, you know, to meet with one of their pastors or something, because everything we can do here is we're not going to make any headway if this trauma is over here just festering all the time. Or if somebody's living in a, you know, in a, in a relational tension every day of their life, that's stressing their body to the max, um, then we can do all the work we want to do over here, but we're just not going to make much headway. So it just depends on the person and kind of like what we're going to do next. But, but I'm excited because as far as like future plans for student life wellness, one thing that we definitely, because of this conversation, because we've seen this happen so many times, um, I'm excited for my wife to be joining in in the next couple of years. She's in her, she's still getting her training. She went to, um, the Allender Center, which is up in Seattle at the Seattle School of Theology, did a couple of years of uh, trauma-focused narrative therapy training there. Amazing stuff. Um, just unbelievable stuff. And now she's working through her master's through um, the Townsend Institute, which is in California. Um, and that's going to give her actual credentials. Um, and so she's going to be able to kind of step into – still. She's, her focus is still going to be trauma um, and attachment, um, attachment issues. And so those are things, again, that any, any type of issues as a kid – um, that were related to caregivers or um, close relationships. If there was attachment related issues or relational issues, I mean, they carry on and throughout our life a lot of times and they, they change the way that we interact with each other, with our spouses, with our kids um, and, and can be unhealthy ways that we don't realize we're doing and we feel stuck in them. Um, but as soon as you kind of work through those past attachment issues, um, a lot of times there's so much healing that can occur. And so, um, I'm excited for Lily to be able to join in to some of these conversations with patients to where um, when we're just not seeing the normal healing that we expect to see, because functional medicine is fun, because I mean, most people have tons of healing capability in their body, but they've never tapped into any of it. Um, and so when they start to tap into some of it, some of it's like something super simple, like somebody's sensitive to gluten and they didn't know it because they're not having digestive symptoms. And then they stop being gluten and their body starts to heal and they don't need me anymore. And that's fun to see. Um, but again, there's those few, few people that, um, and I guess I shouldn't say few, it's a decent percentage of people. I mean, 10 to 20 is not a small amount of people that just don't heal. And it, it seems to be emotional trauma, past trauma, and sometimes current trauma as well, um, can just cause so much issues, so many issues. And it's, you know, I think I was stuck in a, a narrow mindset with what PTSD with, was for a long time where it had to be, you know, war, war trauma or something that had to be done in those type of situations. And I've just been so open um, to this, this PTSD is super, super, super common. And it can be some of the smallest things that wouldn't even be called trauma in a lot of people's minds that happened as a kid that they would now, that they, but they can go back, but they can look at it or you try to bring it up in instant tears, you know, like, like they can't even go there emotionally. It was that painful and their body remembers it. And they just, they instantly have an autonomic um, visceral response to something that happened 30 years ago. Um, that, 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 but then the, the next, the next sentence will oftentimes be, but that's in the past. I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about that anymore, but you can see the body responding to it. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited for that day when Lily kind of joins in, um, and is able to kind of step into these situations better than I can, you know, cause I can kind of maybe identify them, but her training is going to, is going to give her the tools to really join into these um, stories a lot better and allow people to kind of work through some of the hardest things that they've ever been through and then see their body start to heal, which is going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds like that's going to be that's going to be an amazing addition to what what you guys already do. Uh, you'll know better than I will. I mean, maybe at some point we can get her to do something like this, and, and she can get into more of what she's doing and, uh, and and dive into that a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, well, Jake, what other what other services do you want to talk about, or or what other aspects, any other topics that you wanted to make sure that we talked about uh, during this time? Yeah, I think we hit our big things. I mean, we're um, it's a you know when you boil it down, functional medicine. The whole goal of functional medicine is to look deeper and to find hidden sources of dysfunction and inflammation in the body. And so we look until we find it. And so sometimes the basic you know the basic couple of panels that we do that are very deep. Usually we find it with those. Occasionally we have to look a little bit deeper. And again, outside the box will be things like mycotoxins or EMF toxicity or some of these kind of more weird things that are kind of becoming more prevalent now. Um, but we're looking for hidden sources of inflammation and then we're, we're dealing with them. And again, it's, it's totally banking on that the body wants to heal itself. And so the same thing in your, in your realm of, of practices, um, the body wants homeostasis. It wants to find equilibrium. Um, and sometimes it just needs a little bit of a therapeutic push, um, or in your work, some body work, you know, and, and, to, and, to, and to move the fascia around and to get the body where it's, functioning and moving because movement is such a big component of, of healing um, and not being in pain is such a big component of healing because when the body's in pain or the brain senses pain, um, the body goes into that fight or flight, catabolic breakdown, nothing good for digestion happens over there. Um, it's the opposite side of, you know, rest, digest, and heal. So um, it's super important that we, you know, find mechanisms to get people out of pain. Um, if it's not something that I can do in my practice, I'm referring them to you. Um, you know, to, to a DO that's kind of, you know, working on musculoskeletal stuff or that can do PRP injections or something that, you know, we have to get the pain down or the body can't heal either. So there's just this, uh, this uh, when you're looking at the body holistically, kind of in the realms that we work in, you're always asking the question, what's keeping the body from healing? And usually it's some sort of inflammatory process. Yeah. Yeah, and you touched on it. I mean, when you're looking at the body holistically, it also takes a team, right? Like, you know, right. if you know if it, if it's not something that you can help with and finding somebody that, that can help. And I think that that's important, right. To have that team uh, surrounding you to, to help you. So. Yeah, absolutely. And just to piggyback on that, I would say, you know, to those that might be in a situation where their primary care physician is not open to a lot of outside opinions, um, that's a dangerous place to be. And I, I talk to patients often about, um, tell me about your primary care doctor because I want I, I like when they have a primary care doctor because I love primary care medicine still has a, a very important role um, but where it gets dangerous is when someone thinks that they have all the answers um, and if someone is not letting like if somebody gets mad at them for doing their own research or says hey stop you know you're making yourself sick trying to trying to find answers that aren't you know it's just you're gonna you're gonna create things um, I encourage them I say find a new doctor because you want someone who can say I don't know. And, and that's really hard for a lot of doctors to do MPAs and nurse I mean, it's just because we want to have the answers and we want to be the, the person that helps them. And so when, a, when someone, when your medical providers can't, can't say, you know, I don't know, and let's, let's get somebody else in on this team, um, then, then that's a dangerous place. So I, I think it's, it's if, if, if your doctor's ever said, I don't know, that's a really good doctor because he doesn't know everything. None of us do. And so that's why we need a team. That's why we need to have those that, because I can't do everything. Um, I, I know nothing about body work. I mean, I can do a little bit of body work on myself with fascial work, but like I need 
you. I need people like you to come in and help me when my body is malfunctioning. Um, and I, and I can't do that for patients. So they have to, I have to get them to people that can do that. And I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And so when I get, when I reach my limits and kind of being able to help them identify and uncover areas that need help, then I need to get them to the next step and the next person that can kind of come alongside them. So it does take a team approach a lot of times when there's chronic illness and, and when someone's tried so many different things and it's just failed and failed and failed. Um, and they've kind of given up hope. Hope is, hope is a very powerful emotion. When you lose hope, um, we die in, in a lot of ways, you know, like even in you know, POWs and concentration, when people lose hope, it's a, it's a terrible place to be. So if anything, you know, with what you do and what functional medicine does and what I do, it, it, I think it restores hope to a lot of people that they're not out of options and that they're, and, and reminds them that their body is designed to heal itself um, and to not give up and, you know, and to keep asking God to help, but also to know that God has gifted certain people in certain ways and different ways. And so it may not be the first person they go to that is there. Um, that's going to be the one that helps really change their trajectory of their health. It may be the fifth person, maybe the 10th person. So don't, you know, don't give up is what I would, you know, definitely a, a message of hope to those that are in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, for those watching, that's, that's a big reason why I'm wanting to do these interviews with, with different people is to, to put before you people that, you know, maybe have an approach that, you haven't tried or to know that there are other options out there and that there is still hope, right? Cause there's nothing better than somebody sitting in front of you saying, I've tried this, I've tried that. You're my last resort. And you know, I, in my world, I don't ever promise anything, but I tell them, you know, look, there are some things that, that we can try that haven't been tried or there's a way that we can look at this. That's different than how it's been looked at. So, you know, there's, there's hope for this still to change and for this to be better than what it is. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Jake, how can people find out more about you and, and uh, what you're doing at Stewarding Life? Yeah, so our website has a lot of information on it. It's just Stewarding Life Wellness, and it, uh, the, the, the name of the practice um, comes from the word steward, uh, to, to, to take care of something that's not yours or that's being borrowed. Um, and so it's S-T-E-W-A-R-D-I-N-G, stewardinglifewellness.com. And we have an Instagram as well and Facebook, but most of our, most of our information is on our website. And then, of course, call anytime um numbers on the website numbers on google um but we would love to answer any questions that, that someone has about the practice and and if we're not the right fit we'll we'll let you know we're not the only ones practicing functional medicine or holistic approach in the area and so um we we sometimes refer to someone that may be a better fit for an individual and so we're not we're not just trying to get everybody that calls in to be a patient we're um we're in a good place right now and we don't um we're not, you know, again, we're not going to take on something that's not a good fit for us. And so Brittany, who works with me, is really, really good at kind of identifying those that may be a better fit. Um, or there's another practitioner in the, in the area um, or closer to them because we have people call from out of state a lot. And so we'll, 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 we'll let them know, hey, there is a functional medicine practitioner in your, in your town. You may want to chat with them first since they're there, you know. Um, they'd have more capabilities to to diagnose and, pre and prescribe if needed, um, because when we see remote when we see remote clients, um, I'm limited in what I can do. You know, so we have patients in um, Colorado and um, Arizona and kind of all scattered around the country in Alaska and a couple of them, a couple of missionaries out in the in Europe. But um, but most most of them are focused around Texas. But those that are that I haven't seen face to face. I'm limited and I can't, it's not a, an official patient provider relationship. And so I can't prescribe, um, I can't officially diagnose. And so there's, there's some limitations. So if there is someone closer 
to, to someone, then we'll try to find, try to help them out and find, find someone that maybe could be a better fit for them at that time. So, but yeah, Brittany's awesome. And she, she counsels people and prays for people on the phone all the time that are just at their wits end and they've really hit just like a, a place of almost losing hope. And so she's been gifted in a lot of ways to enter into those situations as well and restore hope. Not always because they're going to come to us just because she's been there. And so she can say, you know, don't give up. Um, let me tell you where I was. And, 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 and there is, there is, there is hope. Um, and so again, that's a, um, Brittany's been such a blessing to our practice in so many different ways. Um, but I, I love to hear when patients come and sit next to me, when they tell me how, how blessed they were the first time they called and Brittany answered the phone and spent an hour on the phone with them, you know, just answering questions. And again, some of them never come in and some of them, they, 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 they kind of get what they need. Brittany gives them some recommendations to start off. They never come in. That's fine too. But a lot of them, just because Brittany is such a kind and empathetic soul that um, it just makes sense to them that, yeah, that's, this is what I've been looking for. And I, I need something like this and kind of explains functional medicine well on the phone too. So we can always, she can always, people can always call too. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to, uh, to link to you guys, uh, your website and uh, Instagram. That way people can find you a little easier as well. Uh, well, Jake, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for doing this. I think this was really good. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks so much for your time, Jason. Yeah, you bet.